doing a podcast. Okay. Hey there, and welcome to the Hurley Edition. We are back, back at it. I apologize for the uh, week-long break there. We had a a bit of a scheduling conflict between me and uh, my guest this week, one Mr. Fred Toucher. I had this, he had this, I had this, this happened. You know, things happen in life, and uh, I I apologize for keeping you waiting, but hopefully you are ready for another podcast here. Uh, I wanted to talk to Fred because... Uh, he's 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 an interesting guy, and it's hard when someone's on the radio for four hours every day to really crack some layers that they don't they don't get to on their own over the course of those four hours, five days a week, fifty some odd, maybe fifty weeks a year. So, you know, I wanted to go maybe more to the things you don't get every day, and I think you know maybe I succeeded in, in some areas more than others. But Fred is very open and very honest, as you'll find out pretty early in the interview, uh, that Fred's not afraid to talk about some personal things that most of us might not. And that's what makes Fred Fred. So uh, here's here's Fred Toucher, um, and just listen to it in your ears now. All right, Freddie T. Yeah, Fred boy. Toucher. Yeah, yeah. Start this off with some ground rules. Okay. None of that. None of that shock jock hijinks. No morning zoo. Goof, goofy, tomfoolery here. This is serious. Well, uh, you just sat down on a whoopee cushion, my friend. <laughs> so uh, I cannot promise you that. This is serious business. All right. Not really. I want to start, and it's probably the lamest way to start, but okay. I want to get to know you. Okay. And you've probably answered this question a million times, And but whenever anyone fills in for you, they, ask this, they talk about the same thing. Whenever anyone does that shift, is waking up at that time in the morning. Well, I'm not very successful at waking up that time in the morning as evidence that I was an hour and a half late for the show. Oh, well, that happens. Uh, on Friday of last week, uh, yeah, it, it, that part sucks. What I, does it do to your life? It, okay, so I got little kids, and um, I can't go to bed early in the morning, so what happens is is that I'll, uh, get a, I'll, I'll come to work, I'll go home, I'll eat, and I'll take a nap. Then the kids are home from school, so I'm with the kids the entire time, which I'll probably look back and go, that was a good thing. Yeah. But, you know, dads that come home at like 6 o'clock at night or 7 o'clock at night, you know, they pop in, they have dinner, and then they're done. Like yesterday, I took my son to basketball, and then I took him, uh, and I coached his baseball team. and that So that was like 4 o'clock to 6.30. Yeah. I, I was with my son. And then I'm not going to, and then with kids, you go to, like, they go to bed at eight. So by the time everything's like done, it's eight 30 and I don't want to go to bed at nine o'clock. It's like the first time all day I got to, except for napping that I get to do anything. Right. So I have Freddie time. time. (laughs) Well, the self pleasure happens uh, before the nap. Okay. We're down to about two times a week now. Oh, hmm. It, we're de- well, schedule's tight. Well, no, it's not a schedule thing. I think it's a biological <laughs> oh. thing. I think it's a thing with aging <laughs> that I, uh, do, I do not pleasure myself uh, nearly as much as I used to. They but make I, uh, medications for that. If, if it's, it's, not a a, it's not a problem with getting an erection. It's, a prob- it's saying, do I want to spend the next half hour mm. uh, looking for the perfect movie, mm. which is what the internet has done. It's no longer you, you got what you got. Do I want to spend the half an hour looking at it and neglecting this nap time? And counter uh, intuitively, you would think that uh, this would not be the case, but a lot of times when I masturbate, I find it more difficult to fall asleep. 
Really? Which is not what a lot of people feel. You so, might there might be a, a medical journal that's interested in your story because that's that's counter counter science. Yeah, it's like uh, maybe it's a, a little bit of guilt or something, or maybe <laughs> d- d- like all the things I saw that before I got what I wanted. Mm, there's a lot going on there. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of things that I don't want to see. I'm very traditional in my in my taste. So anyway, so I I get, so I'm up, and then at like eight thirty, you can finally sit down. And then I end up staying up till 11 o'clock at night, and here we go again. So now what I have to do, because obviously I got a, a lot of, uh, of s*** for uh, being you know, an hour and a half late. Mm-hmm. So now I have a... Uh, a uh, am I not allowed to swear? No, you are. Okay. Is that now I have... You're Freddie T. That's right, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I have uh, an alarm, a phone... An iPad, and I have Nick or Bird call me at a certain time. Because I was told that Howard Stern had someone who would go to his house and make sure he was up. Chris Oliveira, who's big in the company now, said that you used to have to go to Howard Stern's house and get him up. Why don't you get a drive a car service? To take me from Newton to here? Yeah. Oh, because I got that kind of change. And like an Escalade? Well, you know, you work things out. Yeah. I'll get, get a big car service <laughs> to take me the five miles here. That's like uh, I had a friend in college freshman year who I had a morning class with, and I would walk to his dorm. It was on the way to class, and I would literally go in his room and shake him for like 10 minutes to get him out of bed, and it got to the point where I just stopped doing it, and then he wasn't at school anymore after freshman year. Yeah, that's too good a friend. I, You're being I tried. too good a friend. I liked him. I liked him, you know? Yeah. I, I didn't had, want him to leave. I had one 9 o'clock class, and I dropped it my freshman year, and then then 10.30 was the earliest I'd go. And, one and now time, look at you. Well, yeah, and one time I was so drunk I went into the 10.30 class, I fell down. <laughs> Walking into the room. And now you're up at five. Ish, five-ish. Oh, yeah. Now before five, at least that's the way it is now. We'll see how that goes. Like tonight I'm going to the Bruins game, Mm -hmm. and then I got to watch the Patriots game, and that's going to be a a late-night affair. Yeah. Because you know Daddy's going to have a couple cocktails. And you got to know what you're talking about somewhat in the morning. Uh, Well, that's uh, that's open. (laughs) Um, That's what Wallach's for. But what, I mean, what, how, you've been doing mornings for I know what t- ten years here. No, not yeah nine 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 yeah almost ten yeah ten years here, and then I did them for three years in Atlanta. And uh, every shrink I've seen says it's not it's it's like the worst possible schedule I could have. It makes me grumpy when I do it once. Well, it's because you need I need sleep or I get anxiety, which I so I always have anxiety, and then I have like all day to think. About sleep and planning, or just to think, just uh, uh, be like you know, if you're busy and you and you and you're gone all day, then you you don't have. So I've been told by every mental health practitioner I've had since I've been doing mornings that this is quite literally the worst schedule that someone like me could have. Oh, that's so I'm, I'm I'm risking my mental health every day to and bring the yucks. And that's even if you were doing any time, that would be true. And then you add in the morning complexities of it. Well, it's a sleep issue. If I mm-hmm. could sleep 12 hours a day like a normal person, then, you know, where, where would I be? Yeah. But that's what they say. So you've, you've done a lot of stories, a lot of interviews, you and Rich, about the show. But to me, I still, I mean, you guys basically did a demo show together. Like you hadn't done radio and then you get afternoon drive time in Boston. Is that... Yeah, how we, the how the process worked. Uh, we had worked together in Atlanta, and Rich was like the fourth mic, pretty much on the morning show, and he left to go do this Kid Craddock show in Dallas, and we were the youngest people at the radio station. Then eventually, I got the morning show, 
which was a whole clusterfuck over there because they didn't know what they were doing and they kept people from the old show and it was just a big mess. Was that the show when you uh, spoiled Harry Potter? That was the show where okay. I spoiled Harry Potter. But I was on with two people that had been with the radio station for 10 years and it was like a hybrid thing. So there was an opportunity. Uh, our, our station got bought by Cumulus and I went out with one of the guys from Cumulus, one of the owners, and uh, Rich was having a conversation with the general manager of the radio station about us doing a show together in Atlanta. And when I was having, this was happening at the same time. And when I'm having lunch with the owner, I'm telling him Rich is having a conversation about us doing a show. And the guy says, I have no idea why Rich is talking to that guy. He's going to be fired. And there's no way you guys are doing a show here. And then proceeded to tell me how everyone hated me. I called my agent and I said, I no longer want to work for this company. Uh, I don't want to work for this company that's coming in. And uh, Rich and I then got an audition through CBS in Phoenix, and we did three overnights with Adolfo crashing us. And then uh, we knew we had a job at CBS. Um, and then they told us it was in it was Northeast. And so we had to sit at a bar. Crash and I sat at a bar. It was like the draft. <laughs> I have no idea why they did this to us. Absolutely no idea why they did this to us. But they had us... They called my agent called me like at a specific time to tell us what city we were going so to. So you could have been like Hartford, New York. Well, Boston. I knew I, well, I wasn't going to go to Hartford. Well, <laughs> was, was it New York or Boston or Philly? No, or no, no it could like Pittsburgh, Philly, Boston. I I was pretty sure it wasn't going to be New York, but Pittsburgh, Philly, Boston, Baltimore, DC. I mean, we're we're I mean, there's a lot of cities that we were thought were and you had no idea. Yeah, I and mean, no idea whatsoever. And then they said Boston, where I'd been once. <laughs> And uh, and then everyone said, oh, it's going to be perfect for you because you're an asshole. And then everyone there is an asshole. So, Not entirely inaccurate. Uh, nice. You know what? There's no, like, Bible freaks down here, which were the worst in Atlanta. Mm. They'd send, like, Bibles and stuff, and they were all, like, all that Southern, like, 75 goes north, get on it. <laughs> There's a lot more of that. I don't get nearly that much here. Yeah. Um, and then we did a quasi, we already knew we were going to work here. And then we did an audition and started at BCN and I had, we had both worked with crash before and Adolfo was, uh, the story of Adolfo was that he was just a weird kid that Rich saw hanging out by his radio station. So we'd made him go by bus everywhere we auditioned and ended up spending, ending up paying for him for a year to live here because they didn't pay him. And 10 years of him. That's a long time. That's a long time. What was and everything. so? What was more of a of a? I don't want to say frightening, but you know that that those moments of self doubt or questioning or nervousness. Was it going to a city you'd been to once and hosting a radio show, or when the format flipped in '09 and you had to become a sports talk host? Okay, that's easy. It's uh, when the format flipped because I didn't give a shit when we first came here. I uh, quit. The first week we were on the station, I said a joke about someone, and our program director at the time flipped out and called the wrote a letter to the head of CBS Radio about something I said. And there were, to my knowledge, no complaints. But even if they were complaints, I don't know why he would bring it to the guy's attention. So I went into his office after the show and I said, "I quit. I'm leaving," because I didn't care about being here. My wife was miserable. What What's it to me? I'll just go get another job. I mean, I've, I've been here for. Right, I've I've been here for a week. I mean, what the, if I don't like it? I don't like it. And so, I mean, we would drink on the air, and then we were told not to drink on the air. We would still drink on the air, and we were told not to have this. Is that 
we were kind of cliched radio, but they would be like, don't have naked girls in studio, then we would. Then they would complain, then I would leave the show and call my agent or go home. I mean, like, I really didn't care. What were you, like, late 20s? Uh, early 30s. And then when I had a kid, uh, my son, my first kid, it was right when, like, the change was coming. So, you know, then you really care about your job. And we just assumed B- we were going to get fired when BCN came. But, uh, you know, when they kept us around, you know, you, you want to... I didn't. I knew there was this big rumor that they were keeping us around until our contracts ended. But there was like six months left in the contract. And there's no way they would have started a radio station without just paying out our six months. They weren't just going to have us on for six months. So I knew we were going to stick around. Right. But I, I did not think we would be overly successful in the format. I thought we'd do fine. I thought we'd do better than we did at BCM, but I didn't think we'd be overly successful. Did you, and I talked to Hardy about this, and he talked about it, how there was this element, like, no matter what you said or what you did, you'd always be an outsider, and there'd always be people questioning your sports knowledge. You couldn't name the 1975 Red Sox starting lineup, and therefore you're a phony and a fraud. Did you just not care about that at all and just well, do, sort of do your your enriches thing? I thought it was... With in terms of the media, there was the the audience was way cooler than I thought they were going to be, but in terms of the me, local media, I mean, people just assumed we were going to get fired, and then, you know, they're all like these douchebags. They don't know what they're talking about. The famous, you know, Jerry Callahan line of that he was hiding under his desk, and you know, oh, you're just stupid shock jocks, and you know, you're eventually going to get fired. And my my take at the time with that was. Who 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 care like, I, like I like I don't know who the beat writer of the globe for the globe is for the Red Sox like I I love sports but I don't care about any of that right. like the, the degree like I don't care right like like these little minutia that your little club is 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 meaningless to ninety percent of the people and that's Rucker and I were out one night and we were talking about something that just happened with a writer and it was like a writer that like who cares about. And we were talking, and then, but it was like all everyone was all the Twitter about what Twitter was beef. happening. And it wasn't, it was pre Twitter, but it okay. was like the, everyone in the building was all like, ooh, and everyone like had, in sports media was like, ooh. And it was something that no one else would give a fuck about. And <laughs> so we said, we were like, what is this club? It's like this stupid lodge where everyone sits around and like, and, and, and fritters around. And, and, and it, it's funny because the lodge has been interpreted all these ways and used against me, which I think is very funny considering. You I invented, invented it. it. <laughs> like it's kind of whatever I want it to be, but it was more the incestuous nature of sports media, which I've fallen into the trap of, unfortunately, uh, a few times, and I have to take a step away and realize how ludicrous it was. But it was this Boston incestuous, uh, self-important sports media. When I thought, whose opinion is any more valid than anyone else's about a a, a baseball game? You know, yeah. and I think you probably learned. The market was more in need of maybe a more lighthearted approach to the whole system than anyone had in place. I mean, I, what was shocking to me is that I consume sports on a consistent basis. I mean, I'm a, a big sports fan. Now, I, only the Bruins are the only local team that I'm passionate about. Just a guy's guy. I'm a guy's guy. You know, I, I put a Go steak on. I slap my wife on the ass <laughs> and put a steak on the grill. But, but I again didn't care about. Like who was writing these articles and shit like that? Like I didn't yeah. like it, the lives of the sports writers and the lives of of living and dying by this stupid crap or some column. It never bothered me. Yeah. So I figured that 
if I really like sports and these and people are talking about stuff that I find boring that I'm not that there's got to be a lot of people like me that would be bored by the conversations that are being held on sports radio right now. Right. So that was my my feeling on the whole thing. And if you look at uh, except for a couple shows, that seems to be a, a pattern that's being followed and being uh, copied. Were you nervous or angry? Like I know in all those stories, it's always Rich saying he didn't want to do it. He hated the idea of sports talk format, but I, I couldn't find any Freddie T quotes on it. Like, what was your I when they say you got to do a sports show? Everyone uh, would say, like, I'd meet people and they go, "Oh yeah, I'm too old to listen to BCN." These are like you know people in their early 30s. They'd be like, "I'm too old to listen to BCN," so they'd never heard the show. And I figured sports talk in Boston that's going to allow people to listen to the show like they're going to feel like they can which is such a weird concept but people just assume they were too old for BCN oh BCN was something I listened to in my early 20s now I'm older and so I was excited in that aspect but also you know the like with all the the people saying they were going to take our jobs and everything I mean that was I mean it's always frightening in that and you know you're supporting a family at that point and I like, like I didn't buy a house until our second contract with 985 the sports hub so it's not like you know i i thought we were right but it was funny my agent said to me he goes you're gonna get a bonus based on 25 to 54 age demo men 25 to 54 i said well you might as well make it a million dollars because there's no way i'll ever hit it yeah like it was so foreign to me that we could get an audience that was that old because we were so super serving young people so th- that all that all was was nerve wracking. Very nerve. I was excited about the opportunity. Rich was not. Rich did Rich was a a, a, a bit of a, a pain in the ass at that very moment. But yeah. uh, but I was uh, at least I thought that it, people more people would be exposed to the show. I didn't know if we'd make it through a whole contract, but I knew more people would be exposed to the show. Do you ever miss the BCN days? Is it do you miss being rock and roll? I don't miss BCN because it like was just garbage Red Hot Chili Pepper songs all the time. But I mean, there are moments where I think it, you know, that it would be. We have a lot of freedom in what we do, but there's, I mean, there's times where I'm like, I'm, I, I like, I'm talking about something I don't care about. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, I which mean, is a function of talking for the full four hours, right? Probably. Exactly. You and can't so, throw on the uh, under the bridge and so, take a ten minute break, right? Exactly. And so I, I know what would happen is that if I went and did another format, it wouldn't have the structure of the sports format, so it would be have its own set of problems. So right. I, I like what we're doing. I think what we started doing is inventive, and it's something that's being copied or being duplicated. In other, I know for a fact it is in, in all over the place. Uh, you know, I don't get my balls busted by management for doing a stupid impression for like a while, and so <laughs> I... I you know, sometimes fantasize when I don't really care about what we're talking about, but but then I realize and I I check myself and I realize that this is this is probably the best thing for for me. Plus, you've seemed to develop a way of ending those conversations when you don't want to do them. A bad interview, you'll just say like, "All right, bye." Yeah, that's that's not. I'm not talking about Patino because that was no, obviously no, 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 different. No, no. But that, you've that, had guys on where you're like, oh, "Okay, yeah, hey, thank that, you." That's the that's the thing now is is it, uh, if I check out. I'm a, I'll, I'll, if I check out once, okay, I'm me. If I check out twice, I'm. This is over. Yeah, 
I got to be honest. When I first started going on your show, I feel like Rich was very enthusiastic about me, and you were more this kid's a psycho, loser, lunatic. And I feel like I had to really win you over. No, what that's wrong. What happened? Well, is, that was accentuated, but you know. No, what? No, what happened was is I hated to, to flakegate talk to such a degree that I found it a relief that you would come in and talk about well, it. Well, it got to that point. Well, yeah, but I did at the beginning too because I'm like, cool, he'll talk about it. Yeah, and and I won't have to say anything. But I always felt like I accomplished something because, like, I go in sometimes and you kind of be like, mm, and then you challenge me, which is good, and I appreciate that. And then sometimes you'd be like, oh, okay, all right, fair point. And yeah. I always, I always felt like, like I had to, I had to work a little bit, you know. I didn't come on and get my, uh, no, you, get my face pampered there. No, with, you got to uh, work. Well, the, the challenging from from me to you was why you cared so much about it, and then for so long, which I mean, it was. You, I think it got to a point where I was just. Pot committed, and there was no getting oh, out of there's that. There's absolutely. Point. I mean, but you probably covered that story more thoroughly and longer than anyone else, anyone else, like yeah. in the world. So you covered a story, a, a gigantic sports news story, more than anybody else in the world, and that was something that I couldn't stand to such a degree it was absolutely <laughs> fascinating to me yeah that you had the patience to read those documents and and to be pat and to, to be so passionate yeah. about it and to and to really care was absolutely uh yeah absolutely insane i never really anticipated having fiery opinions about these high-priced lawyers and 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 the, their their filings with the Second Circuit Court of but, Appeals. But it was, I mean, it was the biggest sports story in the in the country. Yeah, I people mean, didn't it, want to admit it. And but, it well, no, it needed to be covered. Yeah, everyone but, said they but, were sick of it, but no, but they weren't sick of it. Right. I was sick of it. But well, but, everyone said they were sick of it, and yet, if you look at, I mean, we we operate in traffic, right? You know what they're reading. You know what they're clicking. They might be mad about it, but they were they were following. And then it, so. sports talk ratings were like insanity. Yeah, like yeah, people. Those were the, the the salad days for me. Yeah, that, now look at me covering was, sports like a regular jabroni. That was that was when Hurley had his niche. Yeah, you know, yeah, you just need something else, some other kind of minutia to come out. But in talking about you know when you might not be into it or when you cut an interview, I mean you're not even like you know the, the Terrell Owens interview. And, and stuff like that, when you can just be a dick when you want to be a dick. Like, did you have to learn how to be how to be that, whether it be interviewing or otherwise, or is that sort of more natural? Like, how does I always because uh, most people are just naturally in that situation, kind of like not cower, but you kind of just soften up and just do whatever the guest wants, and you guys don't do that. But I I always liked Big Brother magazine, which eventually became Jackass, and they would do these interviews where. Like they had Fat Joe on, and they said like they Fat Joe in the magazine, and they said what's the who if you don't know was a very overweight rapper if you can't get it Fat from Joe? his name. No, uh, oh. no, a uh, big pun, big punisher. <laughs> okay, and they said rest in peace, right? Right. Well, he died of being fat, and so they said what's the most you've ever spent on shoes, and he's like four hundred dollars, and they're like, wasn't well, that a waste of money because you'll never see him? And then <laughs> uh, they like had Dio on, and they just talked about how short he was. So I, when I first started. It's so funny looking back. When I first started doing nights, I would not play bands. And again, I didn't care about getting fired. Like, I thought it was all a joke. And I wouldn't play bands. Like, I wouldn't play Limp Bizkit. I would do interviews where I was completely antagonistic almost entirely every interview, like too much. And I just always thought it was like a goof. And I, I, I think that with, with an interview, you have a contract. Like, my 
responsibility is to is to lead with the plug and end with the plug. Right. And in the middle, you got to talk about stuff that we're interested you in. You could be a human. Yeah, you got to have a conversation. Now, if you, you are directing the conversation to something that no one cares about, I'm going to I'm going to hang up on you. Like diving. Like celebrity diving. Yeah. Or like we had Nikki Six on. Another thing is if I read your book, if you came out with a book and I took the time to read it, you're talking about the book. Right. Like we had Nikki Six on. And he's like, I don't want to talk about it. I, go, I read your book. We're talking about right. it. And then he wouldn't, so I hung up. And then we had Tom Green on, and I had read his book. And I said, we're, you know, but he was in studio. And I'm like, I, I, I read the book. Like, we're talking about your life here. And like, he wouldn't well, talk about his no, book? No, he did. Oh, okay. He finally did. He talked about being married to Drew Barrymore and stuff. But these are the, the contracts I feel like I'm making with someone. And I've hung up on Walton so many times and for so many different reasons. <laughs> but it works the other way, too. Like, you get, I mean, Dirk Hayhurst, I feel like you could talk to for hours. Like, it, it comes through when you are really into it and you have that sort of interest level and you, you have, like, you can tell that you want to ask the next question and the, the break comes too soon. Yeah. there. That's, you know, when you have guys that have a, uh, are, are A, want to be interviewed, and B, have either stories that, that they want to entertain the audience, they want to be interviewed, they want to entertain the audience, and either they have an alternate opinion or an alternate viewpoint of what you normally would hear, or they just have great stories. And Hayhurst is a rare baseball player that has a perspective of someone who, he's really smart, and you know he, he wasn't very good, and he played in the minors for a very long time, and he's got an interesting perspective on everything. And like a guy like Sean Casey will come on, and he'll say, like, he'll just go, he'll get, go. like, you don't have to go like, oh, hey, well, what was it right. like when you played? He'll just, he'll go, Francona, and then he'll tell these Francona stories because right. he wants to entertain the audience. Right. So and Merriweather, you, you guys know how to push those buttons where I don't think anyone else could. Most yeah, people interviewing Merriweather, it would be, it would be a, a drag, yeah, and Mer- yet you, well, get, you sort of know which buttons to push. And- well, Merriweather is interesting, and this happens sometimes, is that you create a character around someone that you don't know, and then... When it comes time to talk to them, I always get real nervous because I think that they might be completely the opposite of what I thought. <laughs> but it, then it, it's the same thing with any money is like you talk to Merriweather and like he, he like the way he grew up and like his attitude about things is exactly like how you imitated it. Right. You know, like with without knowing him. And, you know, and now now Merriweather wants to do it. And it's another thing where he wants to come on and he wants to entertain. And the guy is such a an individual, I, I think you're right. I think that our show is probably the only show that could have had a kind of conversation like that with him. Right. It would have been once if it was, you know, any other yeah. show or any right. other interview. And it's like, all right, well, he was, you know, not very good. But you yeah, guys make it. You would either be too football-y or you would be, like, talking down to him and, like, he's in on it. Like, he knows he's saying funny stuff. Right. Like, you know. You'll get him to admit he got paid at some point. I don't know when. Well, yeah. Now once I once ha- it comes out in the news or something, and the FBI realizes it. <laughs> now I have to ask him every time if you got when, when, when he got paid at University of Miami. Catch him by surprise every time too. Yeah. Um, you are not afraid of controversy, as evidenced by your former habit of tweeting grades of television shows every week, which was very controversial. I every miss time. it, man. That was a great night of television. Always sunny. New Girl, something else that you'd regularly. It was the agree? league, the league. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was always something. New, well, you did not miss an out of yeah. much. 
It's got a great cast. It's just a, it was not a very good show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Always, the, but I, that was a, a great highlight of mine. Is that it, there were Thursday night programs that we watch on Friday. And it was uh, it was the, a great triumph of my life. That was to, the best part too. It was like a day later. Yeah, like, oh yeah. It was just like this is what it is. Is you find it crazy? And I, I kind of want to talk about social media, but just by saying "new girl colon C," the things like the 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 anger you can inspire and like all these emotions because like Fred Toucher didn't really enjoy that episode. But that's fun. No, I know it's fun, th- th- but it's th- just crazy, like no, the way but, that it works. But that like if someone is is like that, it feels like you're talking to like someone who gets it kind of like if it's something like the new girl thing, th- that's kind of funny to me. Like, you know, it, even if they're like, you're an asshole and it seems like this completely, or like who watches that show, that show. <laughs> yeah. And then that to me is that kind of stuff is funny. And that's kind of the reason you do it. Right. And, but, but there's far worse, far, far worse stuff on, on the, on the internet. That's but it, true. it, but it is amazing how people freak out uh, about things. Yeah, it well, is true. And it feels like, I mean, ideally, I think someone like you would have Twitter and use it to, you know, pop in and, and make a joke, make, yeah. a, make a light commentary, and yet, and there's probably 90% of the people that you tweet out to that get it and are totally cool, but it's that 10% that either hate you or send you garbage and all that that we all deal with that, I don't know, it feels like you get you get sucked in sometimes and you have to separate yourself. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, and I, and I, I call BS on anyone who says that they don't that has any kind of a Twitter profile. I mean, I said on the air is now I'm in a, in a habit now of, of uh, if, if I, if you are saying something like ridiculous to me, I will click on, this is probably doing too much, but I will click wow. on, I will click on your profile. And if you're Captain America with like bald eagles and flags all over the place, I'm blocking you. And if you've said more, and if you are someone who just, your whole feed, like a psychopath, is just going after public figures. I'm blocking you. Mm-hmm. Like I used to go, like I'm not going to block them and give them the satisfaction. Now it's just I'm going to block them. But I, I've said it before as a human being, because people were giving Kevin Durant for, uh, the you know, burner for, for the burner accounts. And now I've never made one of those. And I'm sure some computer expert out there can make sure I didn't. And um, maybe a, maybe a. a- Parody account about a former, I mean, a, a former regular All Star in the NHL, but no, oh, no, well, no burner uh, accounts. No, no, no burner accounts. <laughs> so, but no, whoever did that, uh, Yager, uh, <laughs> not Yager account, is a brilliant, very, <laughs> very, very brilliant. But, uh, I, but I have had a fantasy of like the guys that just troll and they they troll like Boston media. Oh yeah, like a fantasy of because like we've gotten death threats before, and the police have gone to the guys' houses that do the death threats, and they've been like. Like the exact thing that you would think, like these just oh, I didn't these mean failure schlubs. And no, they cried. Both of the guys cried. Yeah. And so, what would be interesting to me is I don't obviously don't want. I'm not going to fight anyone, and I don't want any like confrontation like that. But would to be like the fantasy is like to get a, pl- a private detective. I've had this fantasy before, and it's not healthy. But to get a private detective and like find out where they live, and then just say like, here's your address. And just see what the reaction would be, right? Like, like I know where you live, and then there, and and I kind of know the way it would go. It'd be like, why? What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? And then, and then they would act like with bravado, and then you would say nothing in return, and then I know it would haunt them that you that you had found out because it's the only it's the only way to return the psychological warfare volley because 
people go, oh, well, it's just Twitter and, you know, you got to let it roll off your back. But people don't talk to you like that. Right. Well, actually, I thought that uh, two weeks ago when the protests, the national anthem stuff, which I didn't really like throw my opinion out there because no one cares. But it was kind of impossible to ignore as you're trying to right. cover a football game and all this stuff sure. is going on. Right. And I just made a comment about like how hypocritical it was for people who were offended by the anthem being disrespected that they were actually booing during the sure. anthem. Right. Good and point. the things that came at me and I'm just like, I have never in my life had a conversation like this. Ever. No. And that's the thing. As a human being, people don't talk like this. And Twitter is new enough, and then people are like, well, it's been around for eight years or whatever. Eight years ain't a long time. Yeah. In the human, in the scope of human life. No, in the scope of my life, eight years is not a long time. Right. Okay? So, uh, eight years ago, I had an infant, one infant. Now I got a seven and a nine-year-old, okay? Right. Eight years ago is not a long time. People in my life, callers, uh, emailers... Uh, I mean, you get like six a year of people that like, but at least an email, there was an account attached to it. This idea of randomly talking to someone like that is hard to get used to. And you know what, man? If I'm in a bad mood and you're coming at me with this, I want to know who the f*** you are. You know who I am. Right. Why, and now, not to do anything, not to, not, but I would, but it is... The, the, the idea that this is how you spend your time, that this is the way you spend your time... Like, call into a radio station yelling at them. Right. Email. Well, that's more human. I'll respond to email. I respond to every email. I respond to negative emails. But the, I get I get anonymous emails, too. I, but at least there's something attached yeah, to it. Yeah, and you can sort of articulate a point. Right. Rather and than... So, so even when we've gotten to the degree where you, you can humanize someone through an electronic message... Yeah. That that is the thing, but but I don't buy for a second that that Twitter doesn't bother people. That there's not a time where it doesn't bother yeah. people. I mean, I reached a point where I realized there was no way to win any. Th- no one, I did too. A tweet that has never been sent is wow. That's a good point you made. I hadn't thought about that. Yep. I'll reconsider my stance. Well, no, it just doesn't happen. You can't win a Twitter fight. And Rich told, it, Rich it, told it, me this, and it's absolutely true. You cannot win a Twitter fight. No one's ever been humbled by a response right, on Twitter. Exactly. And all it does is drive yourself crazy. And and Rich also made a really good point to me is that. People, if you've noticed, people in media aren't getting fired for things they say on the air. Think about it; they're getting fired for if things our, they tweet. They tweet. So, best to you know, best to give grades to television shows. Now it's not you know. Yeah. And if you get in a fight with someone on Twitter, and then I feel like a loser in the morning, and and then I think of like what, what time I wasted and yeah. how I let it get to me, and then I feel pathetic. Well, that's where I work. I work on the internet, so it's a it's a common feeling. Yeah. You can't escape it. <laughs> right. But just any time I respond on social media, I always I always don't feel good the next day. I think that's common. Yeah. But have have any famous people ever really gotten mad at you? On Twitter? No, like from oh, one of yeah. those interviews. Oh, Jesus Christ, yeah. Like, uh, the dude uh, from Chad Kroger from Nickelback, I interviewed him at a festival, and then it occurred to him like 15 minutes later <laughs> that I was being a dick. <laughs> And he went around in a golf cart trying to find me to pick, to beat me up. Um, he just started a feud like a couple months ago with someone from Slipknot, right? Like uh, he was really mad that that Slipknot was making fun of him, and he was just like, he was incensed. And what's funny is you'd think he'd be used to it by now. Well, what's funny is is then like I interviewed him again, and like I was like lightly busting his balls, and he loved it, and I like drank with him. But uh, 
DJ Lethal from Limp Biscuit called the radio station and the front desk and said he was going to come beat me up. Um, in Atlanta? In Atlanta. Um, guys that have said that they wanted to fight me and that have gotten really pissed off at me. Um, well, the Tim Tebow thing, I had a bunch of mm. death threats. The Tebow mania was too much. Yeah, that, that, was... that seemed... Well, the best thing was the company couldn't even figure out what everyone was so upset about. Right. Uh, famous people that got really mad at me. DJ Lethal, Chad Kroger from Nickelback wanted to beat me up. Um, uh, Corn, uh, Fieldy from Corn wanted to beat me up. He took like my interview questions, and I'm like, I remember him. I still remember him, and I just started asking him really stupid questions. The guys in Power Man 5000, do you remember that band? I do, I do. That was like 98-ish. It was Robbie Zombie's brother, and I asked him if they were from the future and who, won this, who wins the Super Bowl in the year 2030. They didn't like that? They did not like that. They did not. They took themselves a little too seriously. That's what it's all about: self awareness. Like Incubus got pretty pissed that I was drunk. That was pretty evident. They they hashed it out in real time, though. I don't think. I don't know. Did they do anything after that? There was a threat that they were not going to play. Uh, they made a, a, a veiled threat that they were not going to play based on been, my drunken behavior. That would have been a good mature move to just well, incite, also, a, incite a riot, basically. Cause I, I also would not be sitting here right now if that was to have occurred. <laughs> good point. So that's one of those things like the Ambi and Fred thing that you you get one. Yeah. <laughs> you get one, you well, get I mean, one of those. A, there's an excuse there built in. I don't yeah. think you had your full uh, uh, faculties to make a... a, a a wise decision. I, I I swear to God that I got drugged there, and and everyone around me will con- will, at, will confirm that. The at, Incubus interview. At the Incubus. Yeah, interview. you said that. Yeah, I I can tell you. Ask Crash. Ask Be Real. Ask anyone that was around me that day. That something weird happened. Yeah. But you get like one of those. Like you do the drunk interview, and I was like mortified the next day, but it ended up being funny. And then, uh, but I think I don't think you do a second one of those, right? No, don't make it your your trademark. <laughs> or like that's a short lived like career taking path. Ambien and taking a video of yourself while embarrassing. You know, we made it work the next day. Probably something you don't want to do again. Yeah, I was at Gillette that night. I remember I was covering the Patriots game, and it just comes up on Twitter, and I was like, I don't think he meant to tweet that one, but there. Oh, it is. I did. Yeah, and I went up to my wife and I showed it to her, and I said, mm-hmm. "Look at how funny this is." She's like, "Erase it now! Erase it now!" And the only thing with the ambient video, I'm very glad. If you don't know, I'm in a Cardinals hat with no shirt and un- and I have underwear on, and I pan down my body, and thank God my underwear, like my my dick wasn't shown because yeah. it would have been uh, that would have been the end of me. So <laughs> that doesn't so, go away. But so shout out to God for keeping my <laughs> my penis uh, covered. Um, sort of along the lines of what we were just talking about is, is it hard navigating? like the weirdest era in American politics of all time, because it's not even politics. It's not like Republican Democrat. I mean, you guys covered the debates, the Republican debates, because Donald Trump was, it was so ridiculous. It was a television character. And then he became the president. And it's like, you can't, it's so different than in the past where if you brought up an issue and you knew where it would split, it feels like hosting and you, you mostly disregard it, but sometimes you can't. Right. I think today was good because if under the prism of Facebook and what people believe, like uh, Rich read an article or someone on Facebook that he's friends with on Facebook put an article out that said that a uh, white quarterback assaulted by uh, black teammates. And the idea was that Derek Carr stood for the national anthem. So his teammates, his offensive line that was all black, allowed him to get sacked. I've now, seen Remember the Titans. I know how it works. Right. So obviously 
that story is false. And there's many. And then they were making ba- black power salutes apparently after they did it. And someone called and made a good point. Maybe they were saying it was fourth down. But <laughs> rather than refute the 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 integrity of the article, it, it's kind of like, all right, why do you hate black people so much? Right. Like you just hate black yeah. people so much. Like, see, that's a stance that if you're gonna get mad at me for. Then I don't I don't want you around. You're you're right. you're like a terrible person. And this like I, I, person one of the reasons I got off of Facebook is they're like did uh, I, and so the thing was I knew they were going to do this. I knew this was going to come out. And it was like uh, mass killer uh, man in Vegas uh, took anti anxiety medication. He's like you knew this was going to happen. So you're under the assumption that the you know, 10 million Americans that take uh, t- take an anti-anxiety or anti-depression medicine Not, are capable of mass homicide. They're mass murderers in waiting. And, and they're in these, like, you are going from, like, you're going to, like, uh, news is now dot ampersand exclamation point, and this is your this yeah. is your way that you're getting news. You, it's just confirmation. You, that's, that's what's you shared. You goddamn idiot. And, and the idea that I, like, know you and that this is stuff, so that stuff needs to be addressed. Because it there's sometimes where, like the literal fake news, like the actual or, fake or news. like the the, the or if there's such a ludicrous argument, like the 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 you know people want to deflect the gun argument, like after the when something big like the what happened in Vegas goes down, I mean you have to talk about the gun issue. If you if you don't, then you're just avoiding a conversation that's everyone that everyone's having. Now we're not going to do five days on it, but certainly the day after the right, largest right, mass right. killing, you know, in American history uh, or modern American history, right. I'm going to, you know, you got to talk about it. You can't just talk about the Patriots secondary all day as if nothing happened. No, you have to address something like that. Now we're also not going to do, you know. Uh, the what's his face like the late night shows in, oh Kimmel you know in not not Kimmel not just Kimmel but oh uh, what's his face that used to be on the Daily Show but Colbert we're, we're not going to do you know a monologue about the about Trump every day because that's not our role right. nor do I want to like I don't want to sit there and be you know talk about politics all day but we'll talk about it yeah. if it's a and, and in this day and age a just. I can't believe people believe this, or B, it's something that cannot be ignored. It's like, like you have to weigh, is this going to be worth it? Because you know you're going to piss off X number of people, no matter what to, you it, say, no matter how reasonable right. you're trying to be. Or, or it has to be something like, well, if you don't agree, f*** you. Yeah. Like, if you're, or not if you don't agree, but if you, if this is going to piss you off that we're talking about it, f*** you. Like, you had to talk about the anthem protest. Right, right. Uh, yeah, and so everyone it, had to. And so it's a polarizing issue. But if I say, uh, you know, I think that they have a right to take a knee and I don't think that that people have a right to speak for every veteran or have the right to speak for everyone, you know, and, and white knight it right. and say that you, you know, and you've heard a lot of veterans say, don't talk for me. I have my own, I, you know, it's patronizing. It's paternalistic. Yeah. Like you let people speak as individuals. And so when something like that goes on, we can't ignore it, and you got to have an opinion, or you're an idiot. Right. So, you know that's something that can be ignored. And if you don't like what I said, fine. But if it's going to turn you into a crazed maniac, yeah. then I look at your Twitter page and I call in. 
God bless you. Call in and we can fight and it's good radio. But I'll look at your Twitter page and it's going to have 75 bald eagles and, and a million Trump tweets and I'm going to block you. Because well, I, mean, I don't want to hear from you. That person just loves America more than you. So I don't, Well, that's I don't know the whole thing, the jingoism. And what I liked is when I was saying how stupid Schilling was for taking his dumb trucks down to uh, Texas. And like other shows were like, we're gonna have Schilling on, and he's gonna talk like, "Ooh, no, I don't want, I don't want Schilling to come after me." He did like, the, the, he's so loved and revered. Please, I've, I've the sacred cow that I've dared offend. I mean, give me a break. It's funny because you talk about the people that just lose their minds and become lunatics about anything. I've, I've, I'm sure I'm one of millions of people that has pissed off Kurt Schilling over the years. And the email I got, and I tried to be, you know, back and forth and try to be like a human being and like the. We talk about you can't win a Twitter argument. You cannot win a, a, no. a, a exchange no. of uh, ideas with Kurt Schilling. Like it's just it, it it degraded to this point where I was like, "All right, have a good one." I don't know what to say to you, Kurt Schilling, but uh, he's, that, he's not going anywhere. He's one, and there's a term for it that I'm too stupid to uh, remember. But he's one of the most dangerous kinds of people because he is a complete idiot that thinks he's gen- a genius. Mm. And I'll look that up. Yeah, I don't know. People, every time I talk about it, there a bunch of people tell me what the term is. But someone listening right now is yelling, just screaming what it is. Well, that's why it's a podcast, baby. They can't get at me. I'll edit it in, and I will do your voice. I'll manipulate <laughs> I'll take it. Take that out. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, I feel like uh, I didn't want to let you go here today without talking about our biggest topic, which is the eighth season of New Girl returning for eight eight farewell episodes. Uh, not not uh, not a good thing. Not a good. You don't thing. think so? I like that it's coming back. I would have liked a full 22. I don't know. I think eight's perfect. I think they, they, they get a little meandering sometimes. Some I, of those, those, those well, plot lines are they're, weak. They're sealing everything off a little bit too much. Well, when are they? I don't even know when they're coming back. Well, January? Schmidt getting married, I think, was a blow to the show. Mm-hmm. I think they should have gone Winston first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think because you're not as you know invested as in that. Well, as, Schmidt, the great thing about Schmidt was when he was single... And he would like whip off the shirt and stuff like that in the way that he was. Yeah. And, you know, there should have been more time away from Cece. I think they rushed that thing along because I felt that they, I think New Girl felt or feels like they have to kind of be in like real time, like Mm -hmm. like the way real people would, would, would age and stuff. When I go by the Always Sunny in Philadelphia, where you never have to mature, you don't have to, you, you don't have to, in television, you can stay. Uh, an adolescent mentally right. for as long as you want. So when they're in hiatus, it's not as big of a deal because they can pick it up right back up episode one, two years from now, and it won't really make much of a difference. Right. But you can they, do that show until DeVito drops dead, basically. Yeah, well, and there was, there's nothing, there doesn't have to be anything redeeming about any of the characters. Yeah. Like, you could have get, kept... It's a character. Yeah, you could have kept Schmidt that way. Now, if you wanted to change it up and have him get a girlfriend here and there... Right. But you could have kept Schmidt that way. And Winston's impending marriage doesn't really change his character as much as it changes Schmidt's. Schmidt's. That's a good right. point. That's and deep. Nick, even Nick with, uh, uh, what's her face? Megan Fox. Uh, no, no, no. Nick is back with uh, uh, Jess. Yeah. And so Nick and Jess can even be a couple. And that, Schmidt, that was the one character you yeah. couldn't marry off. But they moved him across the hall at one point and that didn't work. Yeah, I think they realized pretty quick that that wasn't going to yeah. work. My problem with New Girl is you have Nick is a funny character. Winston's a hilarious character. Schmidt's a very funny character. Even Jess is a funny character because it's sort of Zoe Deschanel parodying how stupid she is and all her silly... Well, that's why I like the show at it's first. It's self-aware. And, is because, yeah, it was three guys making fun of her. Right, and she was in on it, too. So it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't 
it would worked, but I feel like all the secondary characters they brought in have been so lame and brought nothing. Like Cece is not funny. Robbie is no, horrible. No, Robbie's horrible. Who's that other guy uh, that the, was her boyfriend? Friend with the tall Sam. guy. Sam. Sam was Sam horrible. Was horrible. Like, and it's like, please. Move. And Megan Fox has like the personality of like a wheat thin. So like there was but there it, was no one else bringing humor. No. And it was like that's why for eight episodes I think they could put together a solid farewell. I, I don't need. I don't know why they needed regular side characters either like why did you need sam sam was awful yeah they, they, just to put her in a relationship that wasn't with nick and maybe they felt that if they would have put her in a relationship with someone that was charismatic that it would have taken away from the will they won't they right i'm thinking at levels now that i didn't even know were possible early. <laughs> this is next level i'm thinking about i'm th- but yeah you're right yeah. The, the show i don't think last season was very good right i mean ali is probably the best of the characters they've infused and she's not hilarious or anything no she just doesn't take away from the show which all those other characters do yeah she's not around all the time right she pops in serves the purpose serves the well, humorous purpose. purpose was she was hot in that right that schmidt was into her i and mean that, that, nick has no abs doesn't even look at her as a woman yeah it was funny but she doesn't actually say or do anything funny no she's good looking she is which is great i mean way to go i mean that's why megan fox probably filled in when Dave having the baby I'm, I, People kind of insist on Megan Fox now. I think there's plenty of actresses that are better looking than Megan Fox. Probably. Yeah. I just, when she was on the show, it was like, it was literally just someone who couldn't act being on a comedy show. I had never seen that before. And the whole purpose was that she was hot, and I'm thinking you could get hotter girls. I guess. Bring a porn girl in. Same acting abilities, I'm sure. That's my, I've always had an idea for a show that is a straight sitcom, nothing, uh, nothing, just straight lines, normal sitcom, all porn stars, all female porn stars. Kevin it, can wait with porn with, stars. With porn, and every female character is a porn star. I'd watch. Like, It'd like be a, like train wreck like, TV. Like a ridic- ridiculous looking porn star, but it was never referenced. <laughs> yeah, it's just people acting in like, a sitcom. Like girls with like giant implants, but it was never addressed. It just, in, in, I bet you would be a huge hit. The traditional networks might not go for it, but it's the internet oh, age. Oh, my friend. Netflix. Oh, my friend. You could, I could pop that on Access TV quicker than you there, could snap your fingers. There you go. I mean, it would be no Kevin Can Wait, but it would be, you know, comparable. I've never seen an episode of Kevin Can Wait. Me neither. But they're getting less predictable because I'm having a less <laughs> less success uh, trying to predict what's going on. I still can't believe they killed his wife. That's 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 probably TV. You're a big TV history buff. That's got to be a first where they just murder the wife because they like someone better. Yeah, there's usually not a murder. Yeah. Uh, but I did watch the Goldbergs last night, and there was a scene of, of an auctioneer. He was probably on the show for 30 seconds, and I immediately knew he was a star of a show called Double Trouble in the early 80s featuring twins. So I tweeted twins. that out. Did it, anyone it, get it right? Yeah. Yeah. A lot not, of people. Not, not a lot of people. No. But they did. And it was, and it actually bothered me that I knew that. Well, we know what we know. I know a lot about Deflategate intricacies that I'm not too proud of. But you but studied and you made money doing it. I just, at some point between the ages of six and twelve, you had to keep busy. <laughs> What's uh, before I learned to play with myself? That's apparently what I did. There's a lot of television. What uh, what? Let's make this productive for anyone listening. What's the show that people aren't aren't aware of that that they should be watching? Uh, You're the worst is my favorite show that's currently airing on Which television. Which one? The FX. FXX. It's, I think it's FXX, and uh, it's a char- it's a show where they're unredeemable characters. They're they and they don't get better. Nice. They they stay awful, 
And so that's that's the show I would say. You're the worst. It's my favorite show right now on television. There you go. We got a recommendation out of it. Uh, last question. What's it like to have an on-air spat with Felger? That's I can't relate to that. That seems like it'd be very uncomfortable. I don't get what I get what you guys fall. I don't <laughs> get, I don't understand Felger at all, man. I don't understand Felger at all. I don't dislike him at all. Yeah. I, I don't Certain understand things, obviously. him. Certain things just just don't set him off. No, but he's like the weirdest. Like there's there's no way he's not weird. And like I I know people that like play cards with him in Nantucket. I know people that know him, and when we first started, I went out with Felger a couple times socially, mm-hmm. and I got no read on that guy. You know what, though? People go to that island, and they're, they're transformed. Yeah. They're, they're in a different world, so maybe that's it. He, like... Mainland Felger and, and Nantucket Felger are different people. You know how people uh, go, well, Belichick, you got to get to know him. He has, like, a great sense of humor, and he's, like, a good guy, and da-da-da-da-da. Like, I've... No one has a read on Felger. Yeah, yeah. Do you know anyone who is a Reed and Felger personally? Just professionally, really. Like, even his wife, when we dealt with her, like, gave no kind of, refused to give any kind of insight on to, I don't know, anything about him. I mean, we could sit here and have, like, a back and forth and, like, like normal, but it doesn't, I mean, we don't, we don't get Did too Did you deep. have him on? Uh, yeah, the first one. The, we, 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 we hashed out our, our differences. Did he it. give you any personal information about himself? I mean, he sort of got into his motivations in life and work and things like that and a little bit, but... Did you get any read on anything going on with him personally outside of his family? No. Like, yeah, that's weird. No, like what? Well, I mean, it doesn't really... Do you know anyone who's friends with him? Uh, no. I just know these guys that play cards with him in Nantucket. I've been to Nantucket once in my life. I don't intend on going back. No, you don't there's like the so- No, there's always something going on that I know I'm not invited to. Mm-hmm. That is tough. I, I, went, went, I went to Rollins, and then when I was on Facebook, there would be people at these parties where there was, like, silk uh, canopies on beautiful green grass, and they would, uh, and I'd be like, I'm not invited to that. I'm not going to that island. That's true. I went for my friend's wedding, and it was gorgeous, so I was, I was invited. Yeah, so you were at the party. It was nice. Yeah. I won't be going back for a while because that was our entire vacation budget in two days, so. It was, you got to make some more money. Huh? Yeah, I'll work on it. You got to get on that. I'm working on it. Uh, so, uh, Freddie T. Podcast forthcoming what do you think i want to do a podcast because i love the chip chipperson podcast i don't know if you're aware of it it's jim i've norton. only heard of it from you it's jim norton's thing and then uh, my favorite thing to do on the show is characters uh is if funny or not funny as they may be and i would like to do a series of half hour podcasts as a character but i'm not positive because i can't just sit in here by myself you can't just riff right so I, I'm not positive how I'm going to do it. I want to do it. I think it would be funny. But I don't... It, it, the machinations of it, I don't know how exactly... It's I'm almost like that. you'd have to not script it, but loosely loosely plan it, and then you're kind of taken away from the whole improvisational well, aspect of it. Yeah, I'd want... I mean, I wouldn't ask Rich to bother doing it, but I, I, but I would need two like, funny guys to play off of in this in this in the studio. Right. Because I can't take phone calls. So I don't know how I'm going to do it. And you can't have him Maybe talk I'll to each other. Yeah, that would be a good idea. He'd be he'd have no idea what's going on the whole time. It would <laughs> actually guy, work. I was Troopion and Felger. 
<laughs> All right, the Felger, Trupiano, and Fred Toucher podcast. That's right. coming soon. That's coming soon. All right. Well, thanks for all the time. I know it was tough, uh, you know, getting this all sorted out with our busy schedules no, here. Talking uh, about myself, nothing goes faster. Oh, well, there talking you go. about myself, baby. Oh, well, you. Uh, it's on my notes. I wanted to bring it up off off the air, but you were f- friends with uh, Left Front Tire. Yeah, the most random. They were. They had a song. Very good friends with Left Front Tire. So they had a song on like the American Pie Two soundtrack called yep. "Bring You Down." Bring you down, yeah. Bring you down. No, bring uh, me and, down. And, yeah, and then they were had the song "I'm a Cheater" on the Cheater soundtrack. Well, here's the deal: is I like that song, so I went to Newberry Comics and I was like, I need the Left Front Tire CD. And the guy's like, Yeah, I never heard of it. And I went and they didn't have it. And he's like, Yeah, that's the thing with the internet these days is you can't you can't just pick a band from there. I was like, They were on a major motion picture soundtrack. They run two. There was a, a a movie called Cheaters, and the song "I'm a Cheater." I'm gonna try to. I got. I'm friends with the lead singer on Instagram. I never heard of it because I couldn't buy the CD because Newberry Comics shamed me for asking about it. Chip Dillard is the lead singer's name. He's got. It. He he's a heavy guy and he married this super hot chick. They were from uh, Habersham, Georgia. Huh. So I got. We went out with Joey from Lagwagon because Joey from Lagwagon was trying to sit, uh, sign them to a label. Okay. And uh, his label. And he was on tour in Atlanta with me first in the Gimme Gimme's. And we went out with Joey and got very, very drunk and showed up as the me first in the Gimme Gimme's bus was leaving the venue. And uh, and you know that that's a notorious fat Mike's in that. That's a notorious drunk party band drugs. And me first? And me first in the Gimme Gimme's. And they were furious at us for keeping Joey out that late. I mean, how mad can you get when you've made your career on, like, ska punk covers? Can't you just sort of go with the flow a little bit? No effects. Me no first f- and the Gimme Gimme's. Me first. Well, they don't do ska covers. Come on. My bad. But they, it's like a traveling party. I can't find Chip on this. He hasn't put anything out in a while. Uh. But, uh, yeah, I'm still good friends with those guys. You're just the only person I've ever known who's heard of Left Front Tires, so I felt like uh, I'd bring it up. And I did one of their podcasts. Really? Did the Guitar Players podcast. Was it a bigger production than this one, or what? How we do? I did it via the telephone. Uh, can't do that. There's no, there's no human to human contact. There. No, it just doesn't is, work. No, this is like Marin's garage, man. All right, I'm gonna let you go. All right, you gave me a lot of time. Thank you. All right, bye. There you have it, Fred Toucher. You know what? I would apologize at the end for just having a little bit of small talk with Fred, but I won't apologize. It's my podcast, and you can ask Fred what you want. When he's on your podcast, I'm sorry. No, I'm not, I am sorry, but I'm not sorry. All right, good job, Mike. Talking, anyways. That was the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Fred uh, is a is an interesting fellow, and uh, I, I just he was a, he was a big guest, and I don't know if I asked all the right questions, but I did my best here. You know, I'm 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 trying. So, I mean, if you want to send me hateful tweets like we talked about, you can. It's a free country. It's America. All right. Well, thank you, and you know the same old spiel here. If you like the podcast, give it a subscription. Give it a rating, maybe. Maybe five stars, if that's what you're into. Maybe four. If you give me four, then you give me something to work for. You know, you're like, here's the carrot, Mike. Go chase the carrot around the track, and maybe next year you give me the five, and we both feel satisfied with what we've done for society. It's really up to you. Like I said, free country. Thanks for listening. I will be back as soon as I can with another podcast of the Hurley Edition. Appreciate it. Bye. Got my notes. You got notes, baby. I'd be a mess without the notes. Some of us come off the dome. Some of us need the notes. I need the notes. 
I'm Dane Lobb. I'm a public safety specialist with PG&E. If you encounter a downed power line, you need to stay away from it. Call 911. Let our first responders come out and handle it. Police and fire will respond as well as PG&E. PG&E will make the scene safe. 